Welcome to X-Rated Movies. This is another special bonus episode um, on our ongoing um, exploration yeah. of, uh, yeah, with interviews into a specific time and place. And uh, today, our special guest is uh, the star of Socket, Derek Long. <laughs> Hello, gents. Hello. <laughs> Hello, audience. <laughs> it's the star speaking. <laughs> We said this with uh, Matthew Montgomery, but um, I, I just I can't believe that uh, when I watched Socket, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago, that I would ever be interviewing you. <laughs> very exciting. Well, you, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy that there's interest in Socket. Yeah, I guess, you know, somebody said at some point that nostalgia happens in a decade of time oh. so i think socket is due so maybe it's earned its its right to be a cult film finally although it all felt like it was going to be a cult film so it definitely has with us anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah works for me <laughs> uh yeah i mean that's definitely where we know you best i feel do you have bigger starring roles than socket because you're the unquestionable star of that one mm-hmm. I guess, you know, some of Rob Williams' films might have put me in that star position. But other than that, no. And, and you know, at some point I decided I, I I walked away from film. I was more interested in theater. So, mm. now I think Socket is, is as stardom as you get for me. <laughs> but that's fine. You know, I, I'm happy with that. I, I love that. Love the role. Well, how'd you get involved with it? Well, it goes back to when I submitted for a project called Gay Bread and Breakfast of Terror. Oh, yeah. Oh, I did yeah. get around to watching yeah, it. Just I've so seen you know. that one. <laughs> you know, just the title alone, you know, I, I looked in the breakdown services and saw this project. I thought, my God, you know, Gay Bread and Breakfast of Terror. I have to get involved in something like that. It, it sounded like a title of the kind of late night Chicago theater that was happening in the nineties. And I was living in Chicago at the time and Chicago was kind of a big deal for theater back then. It still is, I guess. But, um, I, you know, they called me in for the audition. I went, Sean Abley was there, uh, in as a producer. And it turns out he had been in Chicago at the same time as me doing that late night theater that, I used to go and see and love like, you know, I think he was involved in, for instance, a title called cannibal cheerleaders on crack. I remember him talking <laughs> about that, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And so it ended up being a project with that kind of campy vein. So that's where I met Sean and got involved with, you know, the cast in that project. And he brought many of us in for the ne- his next project, which was Socket. And, you know, it was just a, a good experience, great experience working with Sean. I love where gay film was going at that point. I, you know, so much of gay film was about, you know, the, the coming out tragedy and, and all the dramas about, you know, just just being gay. And the fact that there was stuff out there that was, um, you know, that was branching into different genres, a gay horror film back, you know, in 2006, you just didn't hear about stuff like that. So I was 
very uh, keyed up to be involved in stuff like that. And that's part of our interest in uh, this specific period, specifically with Socket and Pornography, a thriller, which um, David Kitteridge directed. And it, yes. there was just these like genre gay films that were made by gay people that seemed like it kind of dropped off after that point. It seemed like we were moving in that direction and then it all just kind of fell apart. Yeah, and, and that was about when I dropped off of doing film too so i you know it mystifies me i i don't know i really don't know um i don't know why that happened because it was at such a good level and and things were happening with it and i think it's a shame that that you don't hear about more titles like that all of a sudden i know matt is getting into more horror film like uh what is it called devil's devil's path yeah so, you know, there's still there's still producers out there, directors out there that want to do this stuff. Maybe the the distributors just aren't as interested. I don't know, but maybe it'll change. You know, it comes and goes and I hope so. I think that stuff is fun and fascinating and why shouldn't there be a gay slant to it? Were you able to tell like during this time that you were a part of something new, something different, like a, a new scene? Absolutely. I mean, it didn't, you know, I was too green to realize there was a scene until, you know, I got involved on the sets and then, and then it got picked up for film festivals. And that's where you really saw the scene going on at that time. How so? It's just, you, you, you go to these, these cities that have all these other producer directors with their films and uh, you just don't fathom that that all of that is out there it was still sort of an underworld to me at the time and it it was never mainstream so the fact that you were involved and, and it, it was huge huge turnouts for these festivals and i thought my god i had no idea that um that it had grown like this it felt so good to be a part of that at the time and, and I had no idea you know and it was still young and uh, there was still a lot of new ideas coming out it was exciting truly exciting you said working on it was a lot of fun like what what in particular made uh, socket a fun project for you was it the getting naked and not getting paid <laughs> <laughs> well and, and that wasn't a big deal you know I was kind of a retro hippie in college anyway. Deadhead and clothing optional was just sort of a, a thing with me anyway. So <laughs> that was never a big deal. But his script was about sex and it was about addiction and it was this edgy underworld. And it, it, it needed scenes like that. So I had no problem with that. And, and nobody had any problem with not getting paid because... You know, non-union actors at the time. If you're if you're not doing some stupid student project where you're you know just playing in a bad script, it, you know when you get a good script like this, an interesting script, and everybody on set felt the same way that we're doing something new, or we're doing something you know out there and innovative and interesting and and maybe never done before. I mean, it had kind of hints of Cronenberg to it that was that everybody kind of loved and we just everybody on set knew we were doing something edgy and I think that generates really it, it generates good energy it felt really good and everybody just banded together and really wanted to do something interesting 
Sean mentioned that uh, the it was probably looking back on it a real challenge for you because the uh, the production schedule made it so you'd have to film like one scene and then just because of where you were you had to film something that was completely different was that difficult for you to be switching gears so quickly? oh hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah i mean but that's the you know that's the nature of film it rarely happens that that you get in a project where it's done sequentially so yeah yeah it was it was difficult the character bill had a had this huge character arc and if it's out of sequence it's hard to go back and try to capture what happened before. And yeah, I'm, uh, I'll admit it. It was hard, but that's, I think that's the nature of film and you have to suck it up and just, that's part of being a film actor. Mm-hmm. But, um, Sean was good and supportive and he came from a theater background and he was very supportive of his actors. And he was, he was always, uh, good when we were struggling with any of those scenes. So, it was not a problem, right but it wasn't easy. I don't want to speak for Matt, but I, I feel like your performance in that movie is very strong. So, Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know, it, it was always going to be a low-budget project, and we felt that. And, you know, low-budget to the point where there were only maybe two shots per shoot, and the pressure was on. But, you know, we had a lot of rehearsal for it, and that made a difference. And I, I, we came in prepared, and Matt was always professional. You know, it was it was so important to to work with another lead that that had come in and prepared and had done his work. And so, you know, I have only good things to say about that project, and and I I love that that people appreciate it for what it is. They get it, and I'm grateful for that. I really am. You mentioned that you kind of moved to to stage around the time that the scene was ending. Could you feel that the the scene was ending at that time, or did it just coincide with you going to more stage projects? Yeah, I think it just it ended up coinciding because as soon as I had I had done two movies with um, with Rob and Rod at Guesthouse Films. And that's where I was getting more stage work and I found it more interesting. And, and you know, the film work sort of dwindled and, and the stuff I was getting was pretty shitty offers for stuff. And I, and I tried to venture into actually doing, you know, SAG work and the SAG work was hideous. And there was this, the, I think what killed it for me was this Steven Seagal thing that I was called in for just because the guy dropped out, he got sick, and they had to replace somebody because I fit the uniform. So I, wow. I got on that, and it was so, it was such a gross experience that I thought, I can't do this. You know, if this is how I'm going to have to make money from now on, I, I can't do it. I couldn't see it. Oh. I, I wasn't feeling it. Mm. And I was, I was getting much more satisfaction in theater. So, so going back to what you were saying, I guess I, I didn't feel like things were changing in that scene. It must have just, as I got out of it, I was hearing about it less and less. And I guess it just sort of coincided. I'm glad I was able to do it when when, when I was in the height of it, I guess. It was fun. So you, you mentioned working with Rob Williams. How do you feel about those films? I loved it. I loved it. They were They were great to work with. Um, they had decent budgets 
to work with. So um, you got paid for your nudity. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get now. I didn't. I never got paid for my. Nudity. <laughs> Maybe there's still time. Some grandpa films or something. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Grandpa genre. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they were they were good experiences. They um, they had locations like. Uh, three day weekend was filmed at Big Bear, and they put the the whole shoot was in this gorgeous you know lodge, and they put the actors up in another lodge, and they they treated us so well, and and what came from Guesthouse Films was they earnestly wanted to again uh, recreate the genre, and they were trying to do comedy, and they were trying to to do something different with drama and. I think the last movie I did was make the Yuletide gay with them. And, and that was such a fun experience. They tried to, they were trying to get into holiday films with this and it worked. It became uh, fairly successful. Uh, they had a good following with it and it keeps popping up as a DVD to watch on Amazon during the holidays. So it's become a sort of a holiday tradition in that gay genre. So I was lucky to be working with, with two guys that were very, very good with their actors. And it was, it was always a good experience. Only good things to say about Rob Williams as well. Nice. So back then, did that cast of, of characters feel like you guys were, you know, on the fringe, on the outside making movies? Or was there a level of respect or acknowledgement from like Hollywood establishment or anything like that? Or were you guys like firmly outside the establishment it always felt the outside always the outside it felt like fringe it always felt like fringe and and i think that's what made it exciting you know we uh we were still it still felt underworld and um indie you know it had that indie vibe to it and uh it's just more fun to do that i think as as any artist likes to to feel that edgy vibe i think i think they they want to think they're doing something that's um that's that's, you know undercurrent and and uh something never done before and once you get into mainstream you're you're going to be falling into place with some kind of formula and it was fun being involved in things that were slightly off and and different and you know we didn't get paid we didn't get we hardly ever got paid much of anything we got free meals but it was great you know it was fun to be involved with stuff like that i imagine it's probably uh liberating too to not really have to answer to anybody yeah it 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 feels like art you know when you're when you're involved in projects like that it feels like you're actually doing art you can't say that about a lot of a lot of that stuff out there especially you know union work is is work it's always going to be work unless you get into a Meryl Streep level where you know she's had contacts from day one and she was able to get great roles from day one so well I'd like to see Meryl Streep do socket <laughs> yeah I'd like to see that too actually <laughs> socket two, the socket sequel hey. and listen if, if if the socket sequel ever ever came into fruition I would I would drop everything to do that oh you heard That's a that commitment. Is that the Derek I'm attached. Again? this yeah, podcast would, is legally I would, binding I would do it in a new York. yeah yeah sure i'd do it sure absolutely absolutely yeah. maybe it will 
who knows? You know, the script is there. I'm sure I can't I can't describe any of it without Sean's permission, but <laughs> the script is actually there. So if he ever gets the green light for that, I'd do it in a second. Well, absolutely. two tickets Especially right here. Especially if you guys yeah. would come and see it. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> two tickets to Socket 2, please. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Ten years from now. Uh-huh. We'll wait. <laughs> so uh, you moved to North Carolina, is that right? Yes, I did. And you're just active in the theater scene out there? Yeah, and, I, and I'm kind of bi-coastal. I'm still coming back and doing theater in for this company called Pandora Productions in Long Beach. And, and I produce and direct some theater in uh, L.A. at a company called Praetorian. And so I come back and forth, and I, I kind of like that, you know? And I'm not really established here in North Carolina yet, but there's a lot of cool stuff happening here, and, and I like living here. Mm. Uh, it's, there's fresh air, and <laughs> the cost of living the cost of living's a little easier, and so, you know, I'm happy to be here with my husband and two cats and now two dogs. Ooh. Oh, and okay, I gotta ask, what are the, the animals' names? <laughs> the two black cats are uh, Mason and Darla, and uh, let's see, the German short hair pointers are Dulcie and Doolittle. So, isn't that sweet? Do. What you growling, do? Sounds just like an old bar. So, yeah. Um, I got to say, you you have a great voice. Have you ever done, like, voiceover work? Well, you, you played, like, the interviewer in role play. That's right, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Did it, you think anybody recognized me in that? Ah, uh, this guy. <laughs> You did, yeah. <laughs> Good for, Good for you. But yeah, I mean, you could. I feel like voice acting work would be you something know, you could I, be. I tried to do it. I tried to get into that just to see if I could make some money out of it, and uh, it's tough. It's harder to break into voiceover than actually breaking into acting because they don't see your face, and they can always call the same guy back, and it, it's really hard to break into that. And I, I, I got tired of doing, you know. A hundred Comic-Con auditions and a and hundred, you know, uh, deodorant voiceover <laughs> commercials. And after a while, I thought, I'm not getting anything out of this. So I walked away from that, too. Mm-hmm. But if you guys have a gig, uh, I'll be happy to do it. So might even do it for free. Oh, so wow. I'll be your announcer. Yeah, I was going to say, can that? you give us, this is Derek Long and you're listening to X-rated movies? <laughs> This is Derek Long, and you're listening to X-Rated Movies. Wow. <laughs> it's like a midnight DJ. <laughs> it is. I'd actually love to do something like that. Maybe I should look into that. That'd be fun. Do they still do DJ stuff like that? No. It's all serious XM podcasts. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, there still are, like, DJs at midnight. But yeah. It, it's not the, yeah. the smooth, soulful ones that... that I wasn't even alive for those ones, but um, yeah, yeah the the rich romantic midnight DJ I don't think uh, exists anymore. Maybe you could have a podcast where you just read like things you find on the internet in that voice. <laughs> you can release it at midnight. Yeah, there you go. You guys, if you guys find that stuff and you want to bring me on to do that, uh, I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> I'd rather have the homework and then I'll just do it. But I think that's a. Uh, 
that's what helped you play like the daddy type in like Three Day Weekend. I because I watched that movie and I'm like, he doesn't seem radically older than like the guy that he's dating. And everyone's like making a big deal about it. I was like, I think it's just that voice. It just sounds mature. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I think that was probably part of it. Yeah, it could be. Let's see. So, did you find it liberating, like, to play gay roles? As a gay man, like is that is that different for you? Well, you know, and let's see. I mean, it was it was what two thousand four, two thousand five when I was submitting, and even as late as two thousand five, you were get you were still getting advice like oh, you shouldn't play gay roles. And, yeah, that you know, once you do that, you know, no agent wants to touch you and all that bullshit. And, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to do this stuff. It's it's work is work and. It was liberating. It was it was liberating just to 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 feel like you could play that stuff. Because why not? You know, that, at this day and age, nobody should be feeling weird about playing stuff like that, especially if you are gay. Just just do it, and and it, you know, if you're if you're good and you're available for a role, let it happen. And you know, life's too short. If if you're gonna be if you're going to feel weird about playing stuff like that, don't do it. Don't be in the business. So, yeah, I, I, it was liberating on some level because there were plenty of guys around me that were gay that, that didn't want to submit. And, you know, why? What do you got to lose? You're, you're a non-union actor anyway. You know, get out there and do the work and you're going to get recognized on some level, which I, I did get recognized and I'm, I'm grateful for it. I mean, most of these movies came out during the George W. Bush administration. Did you ever feel like these things were rebellious or, or almost political yeah, just by being there? Just by being involved in a project, it was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it did feel good like that because um, there, there was too much suppression still. Hmm. And you know, whenever a Republican gets into office... There's always a level of suppression, like like we're getting it back into now. So, um, you know, it, it feels good. And it's good to do that. It's good to fight back. You know, we weren't actually going, you know, doing anything anti-Bush. But just being involved in a project was kind of like saying, we're here and fuck you guys. We're, we're not going anywhere. We're going to do this project and screw you all. If you don't like it, shove it. <laughs> I mean, gay bed and breakfast of terror feels a little anti-Republican. Oh, 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 it's a Republican's nightmare because you got you literally have all levels. You have LGBT in that every character fits that rainbow, so it's it's a nightmare. And and I and one of the characters in it is a staunch Republican who turned out to be this crazy, you know, Carrie's mother type character. So. It's fun. It's kind of fun to show Republicans or show conservatives that, you know, we're here and it's not going to change. You can't you can't get rid of us now. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, it's fun. I love doing stuff like that. Did you ever like tour in support of any movies or? or... You mean the festivals? Yeah, there was there was. Uh, let's see. I went to a. I went to a festival for socket. I went to Philadelphia. Um there was a screening in Chicago, one in LA, uh, was it San Diego too? But um, those were great. 
going to those festivals to to see socket up on the screen and, the, and get the support and and again to to be in that scene was so fun i have to say philadelphia was particularly a good festival they oh. really treated us well and it was they had these great events and Philadelphia really knows how to put on a festival. Oh, so. wow. You heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> Which of your movies have you shown your parents? <laughs> None of them. <laughs> no. None of them. And you know what? Uh, the more they heard about them, the more they didn't want to, they didn't want to deal with it. You know, they were products of the 50s, early 60s. Were they supportive, Canada, though? Were they... Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But didn't want to go there. You weren't you like, know? hey, mom, I'm in a movie. It's called Socket. <laughs> yeah, come see my penis in this. And that's really interesting. So uh, I, they probably thought, yeah, we've seen it before. But they, no, they weren't interested. They really weren't interested. So um, it's okay. You know, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you teach as well acting, don't you? Yeah, here and there over the years, I, I kind of dabbled in it. There, there'd be a space available, and I would bring actors in and work with them. And, and uh, yeah, I did do that. And, and I would come back to that if uh, the time was right. But, you know, it's if you're not actually a, a credited teacher at a university or, at a, you know, if you're just, you know, experimenting and, doing things in a studio space it's not always that easy to get actors involved mm. but when you do it's really fun and the classes i did were more about movement and about um uh just exploring your physicality and but yeah i come and go with that now and then now that i'm in north carolina i might i might do it again so you didn't just like it's fun you didn't walk into a classroom and put on like a dvd of socket and just told everyone to <laughs> take notes <laughs> Maybe I should just do a, a socket method master class. class yeah, hey, a master class of socket. You know, so I could say, you know, you you, you could you could play the role of Bill and and, and explore his character arc and, and see what you can do with it. Jeez, there's probably probably good uh, actors that would do that. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? <laughs> Worth a shot. <laughs> Worth a shot. Well. Thank you so much for, for yeah. talking with us tonight. You are a oh. delight. <laughs> oh, so were you. <laughs> I can't tell you how, how grateful I am that you appreciate that. You appreciate Socket and you appreciate any of those films from that, that time period. I think that's great. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. This was fun. Thanks for volunteering your time. Of course. Anytime. Right. Let me know. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> you, you have a good night. You too. Right. Nighty night. Night. <laughs> <laughs>